Good morning. Today we get back to our study of 1 Corinthians. Now we know from our study thus far that the Corinthian church was guilty of using worldly wisdom as opposed to godly wisdom. That worldly wisdom produced factions within the church, along with a wide range of other sinful acts that Paul will detail moving forward. One consequence, however, of their factionalism was that they even questioned the ministry of Paul himself. Paul did not look or speak in a way they believed an apostle ought to look or speak, and as a result, they questioned his ministry and his message. Paul will address this in the next section, but he doesn't do this in order to build himself up or to make himself feel better. He does it for their sake. By rejecting Paul, they were rejecting the gospel message that he brought to them. Listen now as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1-5. through This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. Paul begins this section by telling them how he wanted to be regarded. Now, he includes the others already mentioned in the epistle by saying that this is how one should regard us. Now, is Paul going to pull rank and remind them that he is an apostle and ought to be shown the respect that attends that position? No. He wants them to see him, Apollos, and Peter as servants of Christ. Paul did nothing for personal gain or to gain notoriety. His aim was to serve Christ and to make him known. And along with being a servant, Paul says that he and the others were stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards are not kings. Kings rule and have authority. Stewards represent and serve the king. Paul understood that he himself did not deserve honor or glory. He, in fact, believed himself to be the least of the apostles, but he could protect and proclaim the mysteries of God that had been entrusted to him. I believe the attitude we see here in Paul ought to be our attitude as well. How do you want to be seen and known in the world? What do you want people to think of you? There is no greater honor than to be thought of as a servant of Christ and a steward of his word. But being seen this way is not something that the world values. The world certainly doesn't applaud this. And being a servant is inconsistent with worldly wisdom, which presses us to be leaders. Paul will address this in a moment, but he first has something else to say about stewardship. Stewards must be found faithful. God's judgment is all that matters. If a steward cuts corners in order to be recognized and accepted by the world, then he is not being faithful. Faithfulness is an essential component to stewardship. What Paul is going to say next isn't arrogant. It is emphasizing the point he is trying to make. He starts by commenting on those Corinthians who stood in judgment of him. Paul says it is actually a small thing to be judged by the Corinthians, or by any human court for that matter. This doesn't mean that he was haughty 
or thought himself better than they were. He certainly didn't think he was without sin. It meant that their judgment ultimately didn't mean anything. I think this is difficult for some of us. Most people want to feel valued and liked. In fact, social media platforms understand this, and they even have a mechanism for us to see how liked we actually are. The desire to be liked can easily lead to compromise, and pleasing man can take priority over pleasing God. Paul says something about this in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. He says, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul makes it clear that the one who lives their life trying to please man is not a servant of Christ. This is why Paul states that their judgment meant very little to him. Paul then says that he doesn't even judge himself. Just as their opinion of him meant very little, he says that his own opinion of himself means very little. This doesn't mean that he was reckless or licentious in the way he lived. He states that he is not aware of anything against himself. But it does mean that Paul knew that we as human beings are not likely to judge ourselves very well. We tend to either be too easy on ourselves or too hard on ourselves. But that is not the main reason Paul doesn't judge himself. He doesn't judge himself because God is the one who judges, and only his judgment matters. Paul then will give an exhortation based upon his previous teaching. We know this because he uses the word therefore to introduce what he will say next. He says, therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the Lord comes. Despite what a lot of people assume, Paul does not condemn all judgment. In fact, in chapter 5, Paul will tell these very same Corinthians to judge those who were sinning in the church. The context for him saying, don't pronounce judgment before the Lord comes, is this worldly wisdom versus godly wisdom. They were judging Paul because of the way that he spoke and he acted and because of his message, and that he didn't seem to exude the power of the world. Paul is instructing them not to be haughty about who God will use to accomplish his purposes. Worldly wisdom is incapable of discerning this kind of truth. He then says that when the Lord comes, who is the judge, all things will be brought to light. No matter how people judge in the here and now, when Jesus returns, all things will be judged rightly. He says that things that were hidden will be revealed, and he says that even the purposes of our heart will be revealed. We only judge by what we see, but God knows every part of man, and when he judges, even the hidden intentions of the heart will be made known. He then says that God will commend his people. It is interesting that Paul doesn't say anything about judgment but rather that Jesus will commend his people. I believe that he is doing this to encourage them to walk in godly wisdom. He wants them to know that even if they are ridiculed and rejected by the world for walking in godly wisdom, God will reward them for walking in that wisdom when he returns again. 
Today, as we close, I want to pray for our rhetoric school students, parents, and teachers. And as always, I encourage you to go to the Spotify playlist and listen to one of the hymns that we have chosen. Please join me as we pray. Father, we're grateful for another day. And we're grateful for your word because it is through your word that we're able to know you. We're able to understand your purposes. We are able to understand how you work in the world. And even though the world sees this as foolish, I pray that we would recognize it as the wisdom of God. Pray for our Reddick School students, for their parents, for the faculty. Pray that we would all seek to grow in godliness so that our lives might be a reflection of the grace that we have received in Christ, so that in all things you might receive all glory, honor, and praise. And we pray this now together in Jesus' name. Amen.